What's up, everybody? We have 10 minutes here with Mr. Ryan Muckenhern, and he is joining us to talk about a cartridge that has been so heavily requested that if you go back and you look at our comments sections on Instagram, maybe even on YouTube, I actually can't remember, it's it's there in almost every single one. So. Now, now, Jim, it's been heavily requested. How many people have requested it? One. Okay. Greg, this one's for you. At least your name's Greg on Instagram. Uh, so hopefully it is... In real life, or at least hopefully uh, you respond to that. Now my, that now my that my hats off to that guy getting the first at Greg, at Greg, Just at Greg, persistence. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, the seven six two by twenty five. We're finally here talking about it. But maybe some other people will be interested in it once they hear about it a little bit. So, uh, Ryan, tell us uh, what it is and what makes it so interesting to people like Greg, to people like Greg, and to people like myself, because I think it's an endearing little cartridge. Not the first bottleneck pistol case. Maybe stolen technology off the first bottleneck pistol case. Probably an improvement. Uh, faster, higher pressure, cooler guns for sure. Sure. Uh, yeah, big time. So take a 30 Luger and then turn it into a 762 by 25 Tokrev, and then you have the 762 by 25 Tokrev. Chamber it in a pistol, the TT or the original Tokrev pistol, uh, which is hyper accurate. Extremely simplistic in design, actually pretty revolutionary, uh, kind of a departure from either the Mauser designs or the John Moses Browning designs at the time, and then make a companion submachine gun that has a ridiculous cyclic rate. Yes. And you have a really, really, actually modern, probably ahead of its time by 80 years, cartridge and firearm combination. Do they still use it today? Uh, that's a good question. No, I don't think so. Um, because, well, no, that's not true either. No, they don't. I mean, I what so. you just described, I'm like, why wouldn't you still use that? No, that sounds fantastic. What's it compara- comparable to uh, that we're using modern day today? Um, something that somebody might be familiar with, like 357 SIG. Okay, that's because yeah. bottlenecked. Yeah, okay. they're, they're, pistol cartridge. they're in a different class, but in a kind of similar class. So bottleneck pistol cartridge where we're taking you know, a, a larger diameter necking it down. So in the case of backing up the 30 Luger, and I'm not saying that the 762 by 25 came from the 30 Luger, but it came from somewhere, and the 30 Luger was on scene a little bit before that. We also don't really know the date, apparently, of this I, uh, cartridge's I inception. I don't. 1920-ishes. Right. Yep. Maybe not a lot of great documentation back then, but... Um, so closest modern comparison, like a 357 SIG. What's the point of bottlenecking a pistol cartridge? Why? I mean, most pistol cartridges that you see out there are not bottlenecked. They're just like, they look like a straight wall, like a mini straight wall cartridge. Why are most pistol cartridges like that? And then why would you not bottleneck it? Why would you bot? I mean, what's up there? Just to be different? A couple theories. Higher velocity, lower mm-hmm. recoil. So if you were to take a 357 SIG and a 40 Smith & Wesson and a 9mm, and I realize that that's not the conversation that we're having here, but a 40 Smith & Wesson has a a pretty notable recoil signature compared to like a nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and some may say that the nine's performance is anemic when compared to the 40. What's the happy middle ground? Well, you want a spicy nine, but you can't really get there safely with the, with the, like the actual case constraints. Um, so they took the 40 effectively and necked it down to nine, 357 SIG. Um, so you get higher velocity than the standard nine millimeter loading without getting exponentially more recoil so it's higher controllability than the 40 okay yes got it yep and probably actually kind of outperforming it because of that velocity curve another thing with the toke um, at the time uh, it was pretty decent at defeating armor 
Uh, and I'm not talking like vehicles. Uh, well, I actually probably would be pretty good through the skin of a vehicle, but like the helmet or flak jackets, things like that. Is that just because the diameter of the bullet? Smaller is... diameter, higher higher velocity. Okay. Yep. Now, if I'm not mistaken, isn't the isn't the toke the one where the Russians were getting handled pretty heavily by the Finns? Yes. With their Swomi. Yeah. And then the Russians were like, "We're getting our our you know what's handed to us, and so we need to go drink some more vodka, come up with a new invention to go and fight back." Yep. And they came up with this bad boy out of the PPSH, if yep. I'm not mistaken. Correct. correct. And there's a couple iterations of the PPSH. I think the one that most folks are familiar with would be the 41. Um, oh, so it's such a cool gun. Yeah, goofy looking, crazy barrel shroud on it. We worked as a heat sink and a heat shield so you didn't burn your hands off when you're in the middle of the winter and you can't feel them and you, you grab onto the thing. Cyclic rate was bonkers, like 800 plus rounds per minute. Uh, and they just shoot like a sewing machine. I've had the opportunity to shoot a real PPSH. Uh-huh. And it is like a continuous stream of brass and bullets coming out of the thing. Mm. Um, they make a really distinct sound. Actually pretty remarkably accurate, too, for low tech. Um, these these folks building these were not on the forefront of some crazy industrial revolution. Dark factories, crude machines, crude tools, made a phenomenally reliable, quite accurate weapon. Um, and that submachine gun, too... The PPSH, the effective range of it was akin to that of like a lot of carbines at the time, usably. And then paired with the fully auto fire, kind of beat the carbine out on the battlefield. So imagine if you were running around with, say, a, a, a German Mauser and a Mosin Nagant, and you were fighting those. They're both turn bolts. They're both big, unwieldy guns. And you can probably realistically shoot them to 200 or 300 yards um, in that scenario. Well, the PPSH could probably do the same thing and give you suppressing fire with its ridiculous cyclic rate and its huge ammunition capacity. I think the drums were 50 rounds or 60 rounds. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. big. Well, it sounds like that drum would be gone pretty quick, too. Yeah, they zipped through them pretty pretty <laughs> handily. Um, well, and Jim, we know uh, the rule of more rounds. The more rounds you got, the less aim it takes. That's right. Amen. Yes. Um, but uh, anyway. Uh, R.I.P. Um, but... I, one of the fascinating things, this is one of those rounds, sometimes a gun makes you, it can either force you into a certain cartridge or something like that, because you're like, I want that gun. And you're like, oh, yeah. I'll take whatever cartridge is chambered in. Sometimes a cartridge makes you want a gun. This is uh, this is one of the, I feel like this is one of the former of the ones I just said. This uh, gun is the one that makes me interested in this cartridge, but it's actually pretty sweet sounding. It's, it is. At first, I, was, I, I always was never really interested in the toke, because I was kind of like, ah, it just sounds like some weird Russian thing, but it's pretty sweet sound. Very neat. Super neat. There's a well, lot the going pi- on here. The pistol, too. The pistol's actually really quite clever. It's not It's not that sexy of a pistol. It's I've not. seen tons of them back in the day when they were for sale on, like, all kinds, you know, you could get them for nothing. Yeah. And they're just sort of like a knockoff Russian-looking 1911 with a star on the grip, right? Am I thinking of the right ones? Yeah. So the, yeah, there they are. The the cool part about them, like take one apart and examine the simplicity of them, uh, and it's remarkable. Um, shooting them, they're highly accurate. Uh, they extend the effective range of the handgun, and that's a pretty subjective statement, though, because at the end of the day, it's a handgun, short right. radius, how good is a shooter? But they are a really flat shooting little cartridge, and the, and the pairing is, is really neat. I, I actually really like the Toke pistol. I should have bought one when they were more affordable. They are not that affordable anymore. Um, and neither are Mosin Nagants and, and neither are 
the semi-auto PPSHs, which I don't even think you can get anymore. They used to be a shot or not a shotgun news, a Century Arms thing. You could get the oh. semi-auto setups, but super cool cartridge. Side note, I used to shoot three gun with a gentleman that made a gas operated AR with a micro gas system. So he took a carbine length and he, I can't remember if he started pigtailing the gas tube around this to optimize that gas tube length. He made the gas system like half the length of the carbine gas system and started with a full length tube, pigtailed it and slowly began cutting it off and straightening it out until he found the optimal gas tube length to work. He made a gas powered AR out of some bastardized parts from like a Colt nine millimeter SMG on the AR pattern and the Tokarev. And he, he had he fired this seven six two by twenty five out. And it worked famously. He also Where did he get the barrel? Uh he I think had a thirty caliber blank with a relatively slow twist, like a one in twelve or a one in fourteen made from maybe Green Mountain. And then he just affixed a AR barrel extension onto it. And he just got weird with mags? No, they worked perfect with the Colt SMG mag. Oh. Yes. That's wow. Cool. It was neat. What an experiment. Neat. And he made it in his garage. And so this was before Gosh, dang it. this before uh PC. What are you doing in your garage, Mark? I'm not doing anything Not that. that. Fixing bikes. Um, <laughs> this was before PCC existed. Oh. Yeah. And so he would come to our local matches and he, uh, he was an oddity in himself. He, he was a grandmaster shooter in production class with a Glock 26. So like, and he used the tiny little Glock 26 magazines for it. So, I mean, he was a phenom, Jeez. um, and a brilliant machinist, but he, he made this Tokarev carbine on an AR in his garage and he shot PCC with it before there was PCC and he got scored nothing because it wasn't a scorable division but he did it anyways because at the time you could get like a thousand round container of Tokrev for like 99 bucks that's what I was going to ask where was, just, was, where was, was he getting the ammo garbage cheap Milserp stuff wow probably not the case anymore no no turning up toke ammo like and there's kind of any ammo now but especially eastern block ammunition import restrictions that had occurred in the past decade or so I mean, he had spam can after spam can of toke ammo through that thing, and it just ran like a sewing machine. Look, I don't care if it's always we're on this brink of who knows if the Russians are our friends or our enemies. I, we, we like their guns. Yeah. They're cool guns. They are doing some cool stuff. This it, thing is very innovative. It is. I mean, it does seem very much ahead of its time. It was. Yeah. It's always neat to me to think about the fact that, like, a lot of times people, we talk about modern modern machining processes, modern rifle-making processes, ammunition, powders, projectiles. I'm looking something it's up like, while we talk about this. You're, you're discussing a very accurate pistol, a very accurate and effective submachine gun, and made in a dark factory with simple tools and, you know, by people who probably got trained for five minutes before they started working. If at all. And Yeah, if at all. And... Somehow it's very accurate, and you're just kind of like, so we've been making accurate guns since 19 who knows when, and I guess people get all excited when they have something that's accurate now. Is, have we really gotten better? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I just looked up uh, S&B. Now this is some, it's actually pretty high-end ammo. Uh, 50 rounds of toke ammo, $72. Mm. So that's not happening very much anymore. Um, and I'm trying to find out if there is any Russian 
arm currently still chambered in 7.62 toque. And I don't think there is. I think 9mm has pretty much displaced it. Mm-hmm. Mm. But nonetheless, uh, you know, about 100 years ago, that thing was a force to be reckoned with. I mean, especially like once we got into the latter parts of conflict in, yeah. in that area. Um, imagine facing off with uh, an enemy front in a city or an urban environment armed with PPSHs. No. It's as close as you can get to a minigun. No, I, yeah. would, I wouldn't. Yeah. I just, Buzz no. saws. Absolutely. I got a question. Yeah. It's, it says here on the interweb that the parent case is the 7.63 by 25. I got to be honest, that sounds like 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 the toke is like seven-minute abs. Like, what's going on there? <laughs> what's the... Uh, no, are you familiar with that one, Ryan? Yeah. Is that more of like a like a rifle, like more of like a little pistol cartridge? That's called. Still that's pe- the Mauser. For the, for the C, that was for the C ninety six Mauser. Oh, okay, gotcha. They changed one number. <laughs> seven minute abs. <laughs> what if somebody comes out with the seven point six one by twenty five? Yeah. No, no, no. You can't. No, man. You can't do anything with a seven six one. <laughs> seven six two. Uh, this is like Tabata. Uh, come on. Something about Mary. I did a Tabata workout one time. <laughs> yes, you did. You did. In in just eight minutes. Um, <laughs> like I didn't pull something. All right. Well, all right. I feel like we've adequately covered this, at least for our, our usual 10-minute talk. Certainly, there's more we could probably go into. There's an entire history behind this whole thing. But there you have it. In a 10-ish minute talk, uh, Greg, hopefully that scratched that itch. Um, that you've had for some time now. If it doesn't, or if it does, he'll let us know. Because he's like, he always comments. That's right. I always appreciate your comments, Greg. He's always there. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll see you guys on the next one. Ryan, was there any last uh, closing thoughts based on your uh, Mark's printed out Wikipedia? Yeah, yeah so I, I had never heard of this thing before, so I, I literally came armed with ammunition. Ryan has one closing thought. No, so I, I wanted to know, like, where did that where did that thing spin off of? And here it says, right, this is from the Wikipedia, based off of the Mauser C96 cartridge so it was kind of a quote adaptation if you will uh of of that cartridge well and if wikipedia says it it is there it is that's the truth yeah well that's very interesting very exciting if anybody has a tokrev chambered something that isn't a tt pistol or or ppsh derivative i kind of want to see it yes um it'd be neat to know that'd be cool yeah or if you have a ppsh we want to shoot it yeah if you have a pp yeah okay that'd be cool (laughs) (laughs) Uh, With that being said, we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.